let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Opinions and we're back in your ears once again. The beer is in the glass and we're on location, aren't we, Martin? Yeah, we're working again, Steve. We're always working, mate, always. So we're at Leon C and uh, we are doing a collaboration beer with them. And we will be talking to Matt, sales and marketing manager, and Sam, who's the head brewer, later on. We, we will indeed. But before we get to that, we do have our first beer in a glass. And it's quite a rare occasion for us because we have got a cask beer in front of us, haven't we? Yes. And one of us has sparkled and one of us doesn't. Any guesses? <laughs> Any guesses. No, none, none needed, really. Yeah, Matt's been kind enough to, to, to pour them separately for us. Um, this is the Boatyard IPA. Yeah, it comes in at 5%. It does. And I'm thoroughly looking forward to getting into yeah. this. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, it's lovely, isn't it? 5% cask? Yeah. I think I've had the draft ones before, but I don't think I've had the cask version. I think this is the first time I've had it. Full stop. Yeah. Really nice. But we're not just saying that because Matt's sat behind us. Right, right now. And he purposely put a sparkler on there for you as well. Yeah, but no, it's it's got a nice bitterness to it, a little bit earthy, um, lends itself to the finish in there, some citrus notes licking around the edges. It's, It's just, it's spot on. Yeah, the conditioning is lovely, I have to admit, as yeah. well. I think that definitely helps. It's a nice, cool temperature as well. Yeah. So it's a nice, cool cellar temperature. What is actually quite a warm day outside as well. You beat it- me to it. I was <laughs> about to come in with that. And it is a warm day, and this beer is ticking so many boxes. Oh, I can't believe we went for the other bingo show. It's early, Steve. While we're working our way through this pint, because I don't think it's going to last long, as, as, as most opening beers don't on the show. Let's catch up with what our listeners have been saying about the show recently. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know your thoughts and bitter in lingerness. Write it down. So first up from Bob Shaughnessy. I really enjoyed listening to this. The passion and enthusiasm of all involved in the collaboration shone through. It was so interesting to hear everyone's personal stories and the details of the collaboration itself. Martin and Steve, this was definitely one of your best. Thank you. And that was about the the Adnams show. Yes. So um, it's t- nice to still be getting feedback uh, about what we've said before was quite a long show for us, but felt as though it did tell a story. And from Dino ITFC, always enjoy listening to Sean. As a teacher, he will be missed by the kids, but as a brewer, he will be welcomed by the parents. Good luck, Sean. <laughs> from Fraser at Flyed Toast. Great listen, guys. Selfishly, as a home brewer, I hope episode 10 isn't far off. Welcome to the Northwest, Sean. I'll be looking out for your beers if, when you go commercial. Paul at UNRCD, really enjoyed today's episode. Three friends having a great chat about homebrewing. I wish Sean all the very best in opening brewery. Tough times, but sometimes you have to take a leap of faith. I'll be buying your beers. From Josh at Witcher 77, great to have the homebrew special back. The originals definitely inspired my own homebrew journey. In terms of favourite core ranges, the brewery that always comes to my mind is Five Points. From Johnny Beer Boy, really enjoyed this episode, enjoyed the return of the homebrew special. In regards to the core range question, my first thought was Formbridge 2. I believe Market Porter is their core porter, always available on the website and in the Colmore as far as my experience. From Guzzler at Lagging Boat, as a fellow homebrewer, I really enjoyed this one and wish Sean all the very best in his pursuit in starting up his own brewery. 
And then from Michael at Mick McGrawty, awesome show, great to hear Sean's a home brewing journey, and I can't wait to try more of his beers. Drac Uber, just listening now, technically still on here, but not very active. Interesting listening to Sean and hearing he had a similar home brewery to myself, as someone who started all grain with one or two gallon batches. From Rich Taylor, loved the show. Steve's rant about Miles was great and justified. Rob Edwards featuring has got me even more excited about Summersesh. But Rob, my views on sparklers aren't weird. They are correct. Can't wait to hear about you two brewing. What could go wrong? Hearing the dulcet tones of Rob Edwards doing Wish You Were Here. West Midlands have maybe listened to that bit again. Roll on Summersesh and let the mild provocation continue from the one and only Gavin Barron. From Ronnie Bean, I take issue with the under the radar description of Williams Brothers. They are a pretty big deal in these parts, Central Belt, Scotland, and McAdnams, if you like. Likewise, Adnams are cans of ghost ship in the supermarket here are very rare. Are they under the McRadar? Hashtag McTweet. And then finally from Pete at Hops and Hoops, love this show. No need for hyped up trend chasing beers. No need for a guest, just genuine, authentic shooting the shit by Stephen Martin. Well, some really good comments there. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, and, and that's going back over a few shows as, as well. Like, yes. We've still got people going back to the Adnan special, people talking about the Homebrew show, and then people talking about the last show that, that, that we did together. Which was the Joker run, wasn't it? There was. Now, I know there's one comment in there that we do want to go back to yes. in, in, in particular, just to clarify a few things. And Ron, Ron's point that he made there about taking issue with us calling Williams Brothers under the radar... I just want to make it clear that that wasn't meant in any sort of detrimental way. It was simply just, we don't see a lot of Williams Brothers beers down here in a lot of supermarkets. But it was a good point well made, because just because we don't see it in the South, it doesn't mean it's under the radar. So no. we, we definitely made it a bit South-centric in our comment. Yeah. So yes, I wish I did see it more often. I would love, love to see Double Joker in, in more supermarkets. I'd be all over that. Yeah, or on, on tap somewhere. Yeah. That, that could be a bit, definitely in the dangerous. It'd be very dangerous, thing. yeah. But no, I actually do think that's a, a very valid point. And we've probably made, we've probably said that before about other beers as well. Yeah, possibly. And, and, Just and because I think, we don't see it. And sometimes the bit of Essex we're in, it can be a bit limited what we see. Yeah, and um, I guess we, there, there are times when we are quite blasé about Adnams beers because we both enjoy them, but again, the frequency that we're able to, to see them and access them means they, they are staple beers for us. Yes. So, yeah, it was a very good point well made and hopefully not uh, an error we'll make again. No, I, 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 don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. And some other great points in there, uh, particularly some people looking forward to uh, the summer sesh, which is now actually behind us. Isn't it? And it's going to it's going to be the main feature of, of, of Beery Adventures this week as well. A shock to no one, perhaps. <laughs> no, no, because we had we had three what can only be described as wonderful days. Yeah. So it was going to be. We don't know what time we'll get there. So Thursday be a bit of a gentle evening. <laughs> but we got to the Cornwall Tap at half two. Yeah, and the first <laughs> pint of Jaipur was done by three. <laughs> I think I think everyone can see where this one's going. Yes. Yeah. Well, actually, I bet you they didn't know where it was going. No, no. Not where so, we ended up. No, well, we enjoyed, we, we had a couple of pints in the Colmore, and, and then we were joined by Rob, and I know Rich caught up with us, and then eventually Paul caught up with us as well. But then we didn't want to really spend the entirety of Thursday in, I mean, in, in the Colmore. I mean, that's a lie. 
We did want to, but we had to get... We had to go to somewhere else, apparently. Yeah, we yeah. did need to eat, and we knew that pizza was going to feature later in the week. Yeah, the so weekend. there was no point doing pizza on Thursday as well. And Rob had suggested a, a visit to the original patty men. Yeah, which was, what, 10-ish minute walk, yeah. maybe 15? Which probably wasn't a bad idea, because it did give us a little break as well. Yeah, yeah, it was just... Just kind of the other side of uh, of New Street Station yeah. and the Bull Ring, just just under, no surprise, in a railway arch in in, in Birmingham. But yeah, went to Original Patty Men, which is predominantly burgers, and I think it's some sort of collaborative pro- project with Siren, isn't it? Because well, there's definitely something there because I mean, they, we had the opium pills, and yes. as in OPM rather than not opium, pills, opium, yeah. But and you know, variation of burgers, variation of toppings, buns, that kind of stuff. I mean, it, it was lovely food. It was really delicious and needed. Uh, oh at, yeah, at, I mean, to be, and well. you know, it was a good shout, but it was a good time to leave to go there. Otherwise, there was a very good chance that you and I wouldn't have. No, I, I, I don't think so. Um, and then from there, it was a very, very short hop, literally very. through a door <laughs> in the wall to Kilda, yes. which was, was was next door. Um, a lot of lines uh, of, of of beers on draft. And also, um, quite disappointingly, which I never got to, was a, a line of espresso martini as well. Yeah, that's, again, the night didn't finish there, so it's probably not a bad it's thing. Pro- probably not a bad thing. Uh, I think I had the uh, Steady Rolling Man. On tap. I actually can't remember what I had in Kilda, I have to admit. Oh, I remember thinking, what? I was actually surprised that you'd had what you had. Might have been a lager, actually. I might have needed another lager. What, after the pills? At that point. But it was a lovely little spot, and Rob was very keen that we went there to see Kilda, wasn't he? Yes. As well. Um, but again, yeah, it's a nice little mix between, you know, the burger place selling some nice beers, and then Kilda having, what, 20-odd, 25 taps? Yes, yeah. It was a Heller's Bock from Duration and Don Zoka. Ah, okay. okay. It was delicious. It was absolutely spot on. Now, remind me, when we left there, did we go to the Colmore again? Um, or did we go bypass and say, oh, we're done? No, I think I think we might have gone back into the Colmore. For, I've got it in my head we went to the Colmore. For more Jai Four. Yes, because we hadn't had enough earlier. P- potentially, yeah. Uh, or we decided we were going to walk back to the hotel and have a early-ish evening. Because that would be the sensible thing to do. That would be the sensible thing. However, and I, it only came back to my mind on Sunday, re- recounting stories of years gone by, we were staying uh, Birmingham Broad Street which is can be quite a lively party area so the best way to describe it is it's a bit like being away in ibiza it's like it's like the strip is, is it is a strip it? all the places are big yeah and loud big and loud big outdoor areas i mean we went one, one place on the way in which was already night clubbing it up and that was about two o'clock in the afternoon Remember, we walked past there, it was on the right. We said, oh, that's a bit early. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. There was a lot of music coming out of there. Yeah. Like, really loud music. Yeah, yeah. And um, and this hasn't happened for probably decades. Going past this place, which is literally at the bottom of our hotel, the Hampton, mm-hmm. and it was a Guinness Velvet Music Rooms or some such name, and they were giving out cards for a free shot. So buy your first drink, get a free shot with it. And I haven't done this for years. I said, yep, we'll have those. It made sense, didn't it? By the time we all got one, yeah. Um, And so pints of Guinness and Jaeger bombs happened. Yeah, there was a lot of, there was a few rounds of those at least, wasn't there? And dry ice. I haven't seen dry ice for years. Dry ice and dancing, (laughs) which is 
this was our sensible night, <laughs> bear, bear in mind. So we were supposed to be taking it easy yes. uh, at, at, at this point. But we did know that day two, or day one, depending on your point of view, didn't start till two o'clock. So we had time, yeah, we, we, we had time to recover. But first first day was nice. Um, again, if, any, if anybody had, uh, had written on their bingo card at the beginning of this show that we ended up in a nightclub dancing, dancing to 80s tunes, well done. On, oh, on, actually, on to be fair, one. it was more 90s tunes. It was more 90s. We were hoping for 80s. I, yeah. think, I think Rich and Paul went off and found the 80s yeah. later on in the evening. Um, but yeah, so day two, much later start, a um, bit further out, so out in Sturchley which was, in the end, we decided to walk it along the canal path, five-mile walk, warm day. It was a pleasant walk uh, along the canal. Except for when I got there, because I'd lagged a little bit behind with Michelle, you didn't seem so happy, Steve. It was just, it felt like a long walk. It really did. I'll tell you what, Glasshouse... I I ran out of water very quickly. Glasshouse need a gate. That they do, because the canal goes right past, and you can see it. You can see the taproom space. But you can't get to it, and then you've got to walk about another... I'd say at least half a mile. If you're strolling around the, you're going to be almost an, another ten minutes just yeah. having gone yards past it. Yeah, but yeah, the um, but it's a lovely outdoor space they've got right on the canal. It's a, it's a lovely little tap room. Yeah, it's uh, nice and spacious inside. Two dartboards. You was thrilled. I was you thrilled. Had no darts. I was thrilled, but I had no darts. Yeah, and I was like, oh, tap room with darts. It's got space for it as well. And but I had no, I didn't have any darts. Um, I suppose the only thing about uh, being there, what they did have for us, Steve, sessionable beers to start off with. It was a lot of sessionable beers. Um, I think I don't think there was only there was only one that was at six percent, and that was their IPA. Everything else was and prob- probably under five percent. They it? only sell sold that in two thirds. Yeah, that so one. Everything else was pints, about five percent or below. Yeah. Um, the only thing I could have done with that day would have been a dark beer. I uh, that's that, that's probably my one grumble about the afternoon was that it was it was all light beers and and glasshouse are probably slightly more on that juicy softer side of the the, the pal and ipa variants than the the crisp bitter side even even they had a hoppy lager which i even found that to be a little bit too soft and and yeah i was i was very much craving a dark beer by the end of our ta- time there and i was hoping that we'd be able to get that at the next stop, yeah. which was the Although, attic. I think that dark beer definitely kicked in for me when it really pulled it down, and we all had to rush inside. Yes. Yeah, it was yeah. Like, I really felt like I think it's that seasonal winter thing again. So like, I could really have done with just a straight up four and a half, five percent stout. Mm-hmm. That's what I was really wanting then. Um, I mean, I really did enjoy the beers. I, I thought the, the the table beer was really nice. I didn't mind the hoppy lager. Um, up the Oki, I had as well picture in front of the dartboard minus darts um but lovely space really yeah, nice space. Really, really nice open space um, i do have another gripe and this counts for both places this is going to be about food isn't yes. it yes yeah um and i don't often moan about food and i'm i've got no problem with uh having meat alternative options but i wouldn't mind meat as an option even though i'm a different vendor both places were non-meat options why do I want non-meat options both times, or even just all the time? Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that some people do, and, and, and some people would prefer that as a lifestyle, but like I say, I think there's a, that there's a balance between catering for everyone as, as, as well, and I, I think I ended up only eating like, a portion of chips in there. Or, yeah, because... Or, or, or something. So, I mean, we did... Obviously, we left Glasshouse half five-ish. 
Yeah, about then. Now, how far would you say attic, attic to glass house? As the crow flies? Yeah, so it's glass oh. house to attic, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, as the crow flies? Yeah. About 400 metres? Yeah. But it's not when you're walking. By, by you road, go... about a mile. Yeah. Yeah. So we got an Uber. <laughs> of course, because yeah, because uh, I was still moaning about my feet hurting from from the five mile walk. And you get and you get to you get to attic, and you know, fun fact coming up soon. But you go in, and you think, oh, it's quite a nice outdoor space. So we've got outdoor space uncovered. Then they've got some covered outdoor space. Then a bit of a walkway, and then this great big cavernous, like almost like triple size industrial estate unit. It was huge. It was it was like the uh, it was like a TARDIS from from the outside. Yes, it, didn't yeah, look, yeah. it didn't look very big. No, but you you stepped through and there was this there's a massive space with yeah. this all these brew kits and all these FVs over one side and then just this huge taproom space. as, yeah. as, as well and busy, very busy. And the fun fact probably is because in Bourneville there is still a Quaker bylaw, I want to say or law where within the actual borough of borough or the bit of Bourneville there's no pubs no because they're not allowed to have because Quakers it was dry yeah yeah so I think Attic is technically just over like the line isn't it it's it's I think it's the closest licensed establishment to the Quaker area yeah and they're doing really well out of it but well from what I could see they're doing really well out of it and I thought got there brilliant bored I've seen a few people with dark beers. I can have a stout. They had a stout. It was eight point seven percent cherry stout. Yeah. Well, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was cherry. Was one. It was aged on a number of fruits, wasn't it? Which made cherry. It, oh yeah, sorry. Cherry was the predominant flavour. Made it. I mean, quite it was nice. A tart stout, and I didn't want that. It was nice. I, but it was still eight point seven percent. Yeah. At six o'clock. So, so by this point, I, I'd gone through their double West Coast IPA. I'd gone through their West Coast IPA, and I still couldn't get a dark beer option. So having tried that too tart imperial stout, I decided the only way to go was barley wine at that point. The 13%. The ba- yeah, the bourbon barrel aged 13.5% barley Sparkling, wine. Sparkling, almost. Which, which I have to say, and um, I will just say publicly thank you as well, Rich ended up buying that entire round of, of those bottles of barley wine for our two tables to share. Okay, in which case then, hashtag blame Rich. So I absolutely blame Rich for, for, for that one. It was delicious though. I loved that barley wine. Very easy to drink. Yeah. 13 really nice. really I did nice love the fact wine. that they had a bit of a gold label branding yeah. on that. Was it like super deluxe or something? Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, it, it looks like your gold label barley yeah. wine that you can buy in the supermarket. Yeah. No, it was about credit where credit should. The actual space and all of it was just a really nice and comfortable place to be. Yeah, yeah. And the actual band who were setting up when they were doing their sound check I thought actually I could quite like this however our two tables were pre- pretty much sitting on top of the speakers so we decided we probably best to leave at that point because it was about to get very loud yeah what wasn't it so we went back into town and went back to the con <laughs> uh, uh, again where we proceeded to stay until closing until they very politely actually very politely yeah asked us to leave and I think I think Jaipur was got again Necessary evil and gin. Necessary evil happened, yeah. Halves. I still don't think it probably needed to happen at that point of the day. But no. I finally got a dark beer, so I should stop. I should stop bitching about <laughs> dark, dark beers, really. Um, so that took us on to the, the the Saturday, which was kind of, I suppose, the the, the, the well, big the actual day. Summer sesh. Yeah. So 
Six venues planned, uh, nice bit of walking in between. Day started off at Burning Soul Brewery up in the Jewellery Quarter. Yes. Where we've we've been before. We've, yeah. We, we did a but that recording was, in there once, what, didn't we? Five years ago now. Yeah, yeah. And that was, uh, that was a lovely little venue. What well, wasn't it? Some great beers. Yes. On, on, on finally, a sessionable dark beer. As, actually, all the actually, credit where credit's due, because, and again, going to say it, for me, I don't really see Burning Soul. I don't, I don't see them. I don't see in London, of, I don't see in Essex. No, 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 no. I've only ever had it, as far as I'm aware, unless I've had a small pack, has been in Birmingham at Burning Soul. Yeah. And I think we started off with the first beer, was Pulling Up the Sun. About four and a half percent session IPA. Session, session yeah. IPA. Absolutely delicious. That was really nice after like the little bit of a walk there. Yes, uh, dark necessity. It was a perfect roasted. And then we had then we had a saison. Saison was lovely as well. I mean, nice we, we had three different styles yeah. in there, and every one of them was 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 bang on style as far as I was concerned. Yep, and good crowd. I, I, did they have the pool table there the last time we were there? Um, I don't remember the pool table, no. Um, but I, I, like, like I say, I think, I think the fact that we were able to get three very different styles that were also very, very different from the constant revolving pals and IPAs of the previous day, it was nice to have something different immediately. Yeah, so, you know, you know thanks for letting up, for, well, opening up early, essentially. Yeah, yeah and we actually pushed the camera meeting out as well didn't they yeah I don't think they were that happy about no, that no no but they did, they did have a drink with us in, they did in, yeah. in the they did yeah. come and speak to us yeah so then we took a short walk around the corner to the wolf which had many many taps many taps so there were beers in there and I know you indulged in a, at least one meat and cheese board as, as as did Emma and I oh we ended up having two was one just not enough for apparently you? no okay. I said do we need another one and Michelle said well yes we do need one and probably did help because I think there was a big gap between food after that. There, there was, yeah, because we'd have essentially been breakfast then, then there. So, and I think also thanks to Paul at UNRCD for buying you and I a third of the Pahala Marshmallow 10% Imperial <laughs> Porter thing, which I'm sure we didn't need at two o'clock in the afternoon. No, it was quite cold to start off with, so it's quite nice. I left first it of all, until right to the first end. First of all, thank you, Paul. Yeah. And secondly, it was quite nice that he bought it for us, had time to let just rest and come up to room temperature. Yeah. So I think we appreciated it a bit more as well. Uh, with the Polly's West Coast IPA. I had that, yeah. That was delicious. It was delicious. Could have done with being just a touch more bitter if, if I had a gripe about it. But it was it was delicious enough. Yeah, I, actually, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with that. But I think, again, it was still getting, it was still in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, for it was sure. Definitely, it was definitely heading towards west. Yeah. Yeah. rather than anything else and the Wolves are always a lovely space it's a lovely venue uh, and they, they reserved us a space as well well no so they reserved Rob a space yeah yeah they did because it was all it wasn't, table, it wasn't was reserved it? for us no it was, reserved it was just reserved for Rob, for Rob. <laughs> <laughs> from there it was about 10 minutes ish to the Wellington which is a very very cask leg pub in Birmingham it's about what 15 or 20 cask lines yeah I was thought you could say 15 or 20 minutes depends which route half the half the party took <laughs> that's true because the party split didn't it the party at, split at and point, there was yeah. a little bit of a, a diversion by Greg's yeah yeah just for Rich yeah I didn't I didn't even know the Greg's stop was happening which I was most disappointed <laughs> about because I would have loved the cheeky sausage roll at that point but we but, did get Citra IPA early well we did but I think when we got in there we had the last two pints of it and then they put on another one, so yep. then we had, I think, the first two pints of the, yes. the, the, the next next. But yeah, there's, there's, there was a lot of choice. There was a yep. lot of choice. Um, do you know what, though? 
So when I got to that point, I was thinking, places aren't that busy. That was the one thing that, reflecting on the weekend, nowhere was rammed. Pro- probably the busiest place we went to out of the entire weekend was probably Attic on, on the Friday night. In yes. terms of the amount of people in the space at a single time. Yes. Everywhere else, I know it was the I know it was the long bank holiday weekend and people might have gone away or, or, or not been out and maybe Birmingham as a city centre was suffering from not having staff working and coming out drinking after. But nowhere was rammed. Which, everywhere we were able to get into from our point of view space. was yeah. nice. But yeah. I was and the first place I really thought about that was the market, was the Wellington I mean. Because the Wellington's a bit more central than the other two places we've been to. And we had done a recording there previously. And it was, I just had this remembrance of it being really busy. Mm-hmm. Not, a little bit more of a struggle to get to the bar. This time we just rocked up. I mean, essentially, we took over that bottom bar area with 20 odd people. Well, yeah, kind of the entrance way, yeah. wasn't it? That we, we yeah, we were, Jer- Jerry, we were in the way. Yeah. Every time someone came from this door, which apparently they came out, but they were just all moody the whole time. So. Yeah. And it was, for, for me, it was um, where one of my highlights of, of the weekend occurred. Because there we were, we were just drinking, and, and we turned around, and then there was Mark Johnson. Just, just appeared. Just stood there in, in the middle of the room, and it was like, it's Mark Johnson. He's, he's, he's actually here. So. I, think we'd little, I think Rob had teased it, said, oh, Mark Johnson's here. No, yeah? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I can't see him. Where yeah. is it? Oh, he's there. He's, he's there. No, I I'm sorry if we're not giving everybody a shout out by name. Uh, we're grateful to everybody that came along. Uh, uh, oh, and yeah, we probably should have said that yeah. as well. Um, everyone who came along joined us from the Thursday right through to <laughs> Saturday night. Um, everyone who joined us on the Friday and everyone who joined us on Saturday and everyone who joined us on both. Yes. Um, the only reason you're not getting a personal shout out is because you didn't just make an appearance. <laughs> no, because <laughs> Mark Johnson is like this enigma. That, that just appeared in, in, in the room. Was it like rent a ghost where uh, they used to just disappear? Yes. Miss Pop, Miss yeah, Pop yeah, yeah, well, she used to cool. sneeze and disappear. Shout my age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's, there's many people that aren't going to get that reference. Yeah. From the Wellington, we moved on to the Commonwealth <laughs> once once again because we haven't already been there enough over the weekend. But then they did, they did say, ah, oh, you're Steve. Yes, because we had a little area. Well, I had a little area reserved yeah, nothing, in my well, name. Nothing was reserved for me, was it? No. <laughs> it's just not important enough. Right? It's, just, it's as simple as that. But yeah, back to the Colmore tap. Not really much more we can say about it. We had we had Jaipur, we had Lucas, we had Peter. Lucas was very much needed by that, by good, that point. Because I, I have to admit, on on the Saturday, I'd been all right on on the first two days. On the Saturday, I, I distinctly remember walking into the Colmore tap and drinking my first sip of Jaipur and standing there thinking, I could be in trouble here. Just really feeling like I was struggling. And I think getting through that first pint and then having a little bit of pizza and then that Lucas kind of brought me back round a little bit. Oh, I love this. We should record here more often. And, and, I know. For, 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 for listeners that obviously can't see what's going on, we've just been presented with two fresh pints from, from, from Mr. Chinnery, our barman, <laughs> for, for the day. <laughs> we should introduce that in a moment. Um, before we move on to after the Coldmore... Find forks in the boatyard. It's really delicious. It's just gone in it. Just so drinkable, yeah. Just absolutely. It's, it's a lovely. Just about sessionable at five percent. Yeah, and it's got it's got a lovely uh, a lovely bitterness to it that that hangs around. No, the bitterness lasts. It, it, yeah, it, 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 it's it got that in common. I suppose yeah. that's got that in common with the um, Legra. Yeah. 
So one of their sort of almost signatures. Yeah. So we've now got another pint, and we've gone hazy. We have. So what, we've, what, what beer are we drinking? So we've got Digger's Delight, which I think is a, is that about four and a half, I think? I think it's four and, four and a half. half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, a little bit more chilled, keg, moved away from the cask. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. Right, Steve, as someone who just a few moments ago was not so waxing lyrical about some of the pale beers, because there was too many of them, what do you think of that one? I think that has... Um, quite a considerable amount more balance to some of the beers had that, that I was struggling with on the Friday. Some of them for me were on bordering on that side of being a little little sugary, a little sweet. There was a little bit of hot burn on some of them as well. This this is very, very balanced in terms of its flavours. It's juicy, you get that straight away. There's some tropical notes going in there straight away, but the balance on it is very clean. Yeah, and also I think you get this sharpness to it. Yeah. So it does cut away. So I think that you, you clean comment. It's also very refreshing. Very after after the boatyard. Yes. Yeah, just just refreshing the palate. Really refreshing. Yeah. So yeah. again, sort of saying about well, and that's what Lucas did in the Cornwall. That, and we needed to do that. We did need that, that. especially dependent, especially based on where we were going next. <laughs> As well, so we went. We took the, the short walk about five minutes across the almost across Victoria Square to a small venue called the Post Office Vaults, which is essentially a doorway between Greg's and a convenience store. So you could get very easily lost in either of those. Other it two reminded places. me of a, quite a few places I've been to in Brussels. Yeah, that takes about five attempts to find. Yeah. You go downstairs, you're into this kind of small underground bar, um, fantastic selection of bottled Belgian beer. Although they, they, they were struggling because I think they had, had some issues with their distributor, so yeah. they, they didn't have that much. But we went straight in on the Terrace Bulba. What else? What, what else are you going to do? And then I don't know about you, but I went completely sensible after that and went for the St. Bernardus 12. <laughs> yeah, you went... I mean, great beer. It seemed like the obvious point to do that. I, I went for uh, a Demolin, but not a Demolin MP. I went for Demolin IPA. Okay. Uh, so, just a little less on the... Yeah, so ABV. seven-ish. Yeah, I was definitely up in the 10, 11... Well done, Steve. Maybe 12%. Maybe that's what I, I, think, I think this is where the wheels came off for my brother as well, in, in the post office vaults. can understand why it done, might have done for a lot of people. <laughs> but it's a lot. It's a lot but again, you know, when we were planning it, I was thinking... Given, given the description about, you know, Rob, who definitely gets a big shout out for helping us organise the route and, it, and then also when we talked to Simon Clark, I thought we, was, we could have struggled with the space, but basically we took over the, the, the basement. We did, but it was, again, it wasn't that busy. No. So we were able to literally take over one end of the yeah. bar, which, and I think if it had been busier, we might have struggled a bit more. Yes. But I, I, I definitely get the feel that maybe a lot of locals had chosen to stay away from the city centre that weekend because of the essentially the party that was going on in the Victoria Square which was like um, a series of live acts live acts so you had the benches out yeah people probably doing stuff at house parties as well streets yeah and it still was the back end of half term and people were queuing up in airports because that's what you want to do during half term well yeah so I think I think maybe we benefited from that slightly I think we, I think we definitely did because because people aren't, for, people aren't going to go to necessarily to Birmingham for a holiday, you're going to go to a city centre break, which is essentially what we did. I had to explain to quite a few friends why I had chosen to go to Birmingham for the bank holiday weekend. 
because every time someone says, oh, you must be doing something great this weekend, I say, yeah, I'm going to Birmingham. And they're like, why? But <laughs> people need to go and experience Birmingham for that, themselves. That, that, that and do. also, what I would say, is that walk from Broad Street um, into like uh, where the square is, the amount of uh, work being done around there, especially in the run-up to the Commonwealth Games, it's going to look really nice. Isn't it? Isn't it just? Yeah. I just, I just I hope for their sake they get the tram lines finished before the Commonwealth Games yes. happens. Because otherwise they are going to have some serious transport issues in, in, oh, in, that, in that city centre. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, I will say, driving to and from Birmingham for 95% of the time was wonderful. The five percent I didn't enjoy was in Birmingham. It was driving around the city centre trying to get to the hotel, yeah. and then trying around to live. all of the road closures. Yes, yeah, because yeah, yeah. Uh, Google Maps wasn't prepared for all of those road closures. Yeah. <laughs> After I finished my St. Bernardus twelve, it was it was time to move on. Or to, as the St. Bernardus finished, Steve. Yes, it was time to move on to the final venue, which was Tilt, uh, and again probably about another five minute walk from the post office vault, which is a craft beer bar in Birmingham with pinball machines in, in it as, as, as well. But those pinball machines still take coins. That, they, yeah, they do. But I suppose that lends into the classic nature of them. Well, yeah, bit, but, you can, but you can say about classic nature and a, a card I don't, machine. I don't carry coins anymore. No, so. that's a problem. Yeah. And they had this really cool looking Batman and Robin one. Yeah. As in Batman and Robin from the 60s. And I wanted to play that because they had little clips of it from, on the TV screen as well. I only didn't have enough coins. Yeah. So I was really sad about that. Okay, I'm sure, Until, you, got, I'm sure you got over your sadness. Yeah, when, I drank, when, I, when, when I drank Colonel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I can't... My memory gets a little bit hazy at this point <laughs> on, on, on the Saturday. I can only remember drinking Colonel, and it was IPA as, as Yeah, as why well, didn't we go for the panel first? Because I, I don't think the panel was on in, in the end. I think it was just, it was just the IPA, because they had... Because uh, Rob's been saying for a while now, tap one or two. It's Tap one is... Traditionally, lost some ground in Keller Pills, and tap two is a kernel. So I, I think we just hit tap two because it was the kernel. Seven percent India Pale Ale. Oh, oh yeah, and then, then there was that moment where Emma went off and bought a can from the fridge of some sort of imperial coffee stout at about twelve percent that she thought we needed. Oh yeah, of course it was needed. Of yeah. course it was yeah. needed. Yeah. We, you know, we needed that on top of the other stuff. But uh, as ever, the kernel India Pale Ale was tasted fantastic. Oh, it was. Tilt was a lovely little venue. And it's, it was a great place to finish as well, yes. I think. Yeah, because we, we, that, again, what we've always tried to do is make that last venue the longest amount of time. So for people who do need to get away, maybe get transport away, they don't have to rush the last venue still. And thanks to so many people who did stay quite late. There were a lot of people there after we left as, as well. I think, yes. I think, I think we left and we left quite a lot of people in, in the venue. But I, I will say, and I, I just again want to reiterate what you've already said, thank you to everybody that came and joined us on, on, on the weekend, whether it was for one day, one night, the whole thing, just popped in for a single beer. It was great to have beers in person with people again. Oh, definitely. And, and for, for those who turned up for the first time on their own, really hope we made you feel welcome. It was wonderful to see you, talk to you, and yes, Faces to names again. And fa- when I say faces to names, it's almost like I-, I couldn't remember which ones I had met before and which ones I hadn't because we've had so long not yeah. doing it. Um, so no, that that was as good as all the venues were. So Birmingham, well done with that. As good as all the beers were, well done with that. It was just m- meeting the people again. And that's 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 what makes it. Yeah. That's, that, that's what makes it's it. The, it, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. It, it's people turning up and just having a laugh, 
and doing their own thing, but we're all in the same place doing it. Yeah, yeah. Really, really nice. Um, and then basically we went and got nugs. Nugs on the way home. Nugs. To, to finish. That's how, that's how you finish. A, that, that, well, that's, that's cruel. That's, Every cruel, yeah. Why would you finish a neighbour way? Before we go any further, let's get some final thoughts on uh, Digger's Delight. I've almost finished mine. I'll finish mine. I'm done. Well, I've still got a little bit yet left. What, what, did, you, what did you think of it? I thought it was really nice. You know when it says hazy? It's hazy. It's not overly juicy. As we said before, quite well balanced. Tropical notes definitely were there, but nice, cutting, clean and refreshing. I have to agree, actually. I, th- I think it worked It worked really well. I said earlier it worked really well after the first one that we had, yep. the Boatyard IPA. Uh, it struck a really nice balance with it. You've poured us another beer for this next part of the show, which wasn't on the script, which I'm not happy about. Yeah, I've gone off piece, haven't I? I know. What What have you put in the glass? Uh, I, Matt very kindly let us open a bottle of the McFadden's 3.8% mild. Brilliant. Just fucking fantastic. I mean, shut up about mild, Steve. I, I didn't say anything about mild. I've got, I've got to drink the shit. Cheers. Cheers. Yep, it's utterly pointless. Move on. Just there's, there's there's no point to mild. There's there's nothing. What about if it was just so, called what if it was just called ale or bitter? What would you think then? Take away the word mild. There's there's still there's still not a lot going on in there for me. It, it sits at this awkward place that isn't quite a porter or a stout, but that's what it's aspiring to be. But it never quite made it. I just it, it just does nothing for me. I think it, I still think it has, it has a place. Taking okay. it, take away the word mild, it's, it's under 4%, very sessionable, easy to drink, well made. There are some milds which are just horrific. This definitely isn't one of those. Well, I'm, I'm glad that we've only got like a third of it. <laughs> so it's yeah. I'm not, because I'm, I'm, again, because cause Matt has given it to us and he stood behind us here in, 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 in the tap room as well. I'm not going to say it's, it's a bad beer, it's just mild isn't for me. It, it doesn't, it does, it does not tick any of my boxes. Okay. <laughs> I'm so pleased I poured that beer for us. Um, so it works quite well as we go into the next part of the show because at the beginning of the day on Saturday on, on, on the summer session in Birmingham, we had a bit of an announcement to make, didn't we? Uh, we did. Um, and obviously I, I kicked off the announcement and uh, you know stopped the camera lock talking for a moment as well. But uh, my announcement was I am retiring from the podcast. I'm currently working my notice actually. And I am bloody working today. Leon T have made us work. I, I don't see it as retiring. I see it as leaving me. Or, or leaving dump, you. <laughs> dumping me. It's, uh, yeah, it's not, it's not retiring. So you've gone more personal. I've, I've gone more personal. I've now had as many ex-co-hosts as I have ex-wives, mate. So they're, no. they're, they're, those, are, those are boxes that I never wanted ticked. So I'm now not only the Ross of the real world, <laughs> but I'm the Ross of the beer podcasting world as well. And there's a nice little friends reference <laughs> for you. Um, so yeah, I, I announced that. And um, just a, a few things I, I, I just want to add to that. Obviously... We are coming up for uh, the 10th anniversary, 10th birthday of uh, the Beer O'Clock Show. We are also not that far off me having done six years of opinions with you, Steve, as well. Yeah, it's due September. That, well, that would have been due September, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Not, not far off in the, in the great scheme of things. Um, but, you know, just a few, a few things, a little bit of thought process. Um, one of them is simply time. Uh, there's a lot of time that goes into this show. And whatever time I put in, you could probably sort of double it for what Steve does as well. Equally, I have probably less of it 
um, my, my, I got a promotion recently in my, in my uh, day job, the paying, the paying job, and uh, that's become a little bit more busy, a few more responsibilities. Uh, but also, I do have a few um, running ambitions as well still that I still want to dig into. So essentially losing a few drinking days every so often, uh, which are almost guaranteed drinking days, is something that I was also thinking about as well. Um, I definitely sprung upon both my partners, M Michelle, my wife, <laughs> and Steve. Uh, so yeah, not, I don't think either of them really had an inkling um, that it was that close on the horizon. And I, I know Michelle certainly didn't when I spoke to her about it. Um, but you know, she's been fully supportive of the first six years and she was really supportive of my decision to, to, to move on. Um, uh, when me and Steve discussed it, uh, we drank lots of stupidly big beers when we first spoke about it. I, I didn't need that many barrel-aged imperial stouts on a Monday night, early hours of a Tuesday morning. No, no, no one does, but uh, <laughs> I think it helped us talk through it. So we'll, we'll dig into it more maybe later when, you know, when we have Matt on the show and also when we come up to um, our, our, final, our final show as well. But as I said on Saturday, there's been plenty of highlights. Easily, the standout highlight is the friends I've made and the people I've met, and that won't change. And I, and I think it's uh, it's an interesting point that you you make there because you we are approaching the the tenth anniversary of of the show, and that is quite a milestone. Not just in, in, in beer podcasting, but in any podcast, in, in, in anything you do for that amount of time. I mean, you put that into real terms for me, that there are only two other things that have been in my life longer than this podcast, and that, and that are my two children. Yeah. So that, that's, you know, it has been quite a staple in, 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 in my life. And obviously when, when Mark finished, I wasn't quite ready to let go and brought you on board and, and, and you've been great and we've seen the podcast grow and we've seen ourselves do things that we could never have imagined doing and we've continued to grow and we always knew there might be an end point to it but we never really knew that where that would be and we never really knew when it would come up but we always said we wanted it to be on our own terms and when we were ready to go. So to that end, the, the second part of this announcement I, I, I guess is that the 10th anniversary show that will be out on the 26th of July will be the last podcast from the Beer O'Clock Show. And I think that was a, a revelation as well. So I think people all, I think because you've been doing it for the best part of 10 years and they've already seen Mark go. So when I announce it, and I think the layer on top of that is your beer o'clock show journey coming to an end as well. It is a big deal. Like I say, I mean, you break it down, it, 10 years, that's actually 20% of your life. Yeah, I, I, I get that. You've broke two wives, you've broke two co-hosts now as well. I mean, <laughs> they, I don't know what else you can, you're gonna have to just, if you ever come back, it's got to just be on your own. Well, well, I think, again, interesting comment there, if I ever come back. So I've said that the show on, on, on the 26th of July is the last show. Maybe is, is, is probably the little asterisk to, to, to that. Um, for, for me, podcasting is, has become a hobby that, that I really enjoy. And if it wasn't, if it wasn't in beer, I'd, I'd probably have found something else to podcast about. 
by now. Uh, I'm not sure what, but I'd probably be talking into a microphone about something. So I'm not sure if I'm completely done yet, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a couple of months off. I'm going to take the summer off. I'm going to have a think about things. I'm going to look at how the land lies. And if we get to September, October, and I'm missing doing this, then I may be back with something else. But that's only, that's only May at the moment. And I think that's important to have that break. Because there wasn't much of a break between Beer O'Clock Show, the original, and the staff opinions, because we, we were already planning, and we'd spoken to Mark. Mate, I think we recorded the pilot the week after the final Beer O'Clock Show. Well, the live one. Yeah. At yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I actually think it's important to have that break, and then for you to find out whether you still want to scratch that itch. And yeah. whether there's an itch you still want to pursue, so to speak. Because you've done two formats... And they've been always an evolving format as well, as we've discussed about, you know, this year we had a little bit of a reset for our, our, ourselves. So it's about, do you still want to do it? And then have you got the right format to go with it as well? Yeah, because it, it will need to be something completely new. And, and I, again, I just want to reiterate to the listeners that Martin just mentioned there about our little reset that we had at the beginning of the year. And... I know we've said we felt as though there was a bit of a bump in the road in, in terms of what we were doing, but we identified that and we reset again. And I know a lot of people recently have been saying that we found our mojo again, and, and I, I, think, I think we have. But we, we obviously announced this at the summer session on Saturday. So we firstly, we want to say thank you to everyone that was there for keeping it quiet between that announcement and this podcast coming out. But also a couple of people did say to me, did, did what happened with your, you guys at the beginning of the year and your recording, did that have any impact on this decision? And the answer is no, because we, we knew something wasn't right, we identified that and we fixed it, and we, yeah. made, it, we made it right. And all. I would never, ever have thought about leaving in that period when we weren't quite hitting the mark. Yeah. That would, and that would have been the worst time to leave. Because we always wanted to go out at the, when, it, when, it, when we were on top, yeah, essentially, we, for us. When we, had, we were at, when we were at our... Peak. When we're, when we're still putting out content that not only do we enjoy, but people still want to listen to, and the community of it we've built up over the years really, really wants to engage with it as well. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have wanted, and we wouldn't have wanted to step away when we, because then there would have been the, oh, haven't quite finished it. To go back. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, there are, there are other factors, and I've definitely covered off a couple of them. And you know, the, the, this isn't the last show. This is just the announcement. No, we've still got we've still got three more shows. There's still three more shows after this one. And you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about our, th- our thinking for the last show as well, which we hope will involve you, the listeners, and more will come out. But yeah, that's just been where my thinking is. And like I said, there are various bits, but you can't underestimate if you if other podcasts you listen to there is still time involved and time is a really valuable commodity and resource and I think sometimes not saying people who listen to the show and have met us and understand what we do perhaps don't quite get how much time goes into it both in terms of prep recording editing I've really enjoyed the journey it is coming to the end and uh, one of the things we did say on Saturday is we want this to be a celebration so Saturday we felt like a real celebration of what we've done and we want this show and the, the next upcoming three shows to be exactly the same as well a celebration of it all. 100%. And I think, I think the important thing for us, and this, this is for you now as, as our listeners, that the, the final show that we're going to record 
will be recorded on Friday the 15th of July. That's about 10 days before we intend to release it. But we want to try and get as many of you, our listeners, involved in that show as possible. So what we're going to have is we're going to have 10-minute slots where you can come on, you can have a beer with us, you can chat to us, you can ask us any questions in that 10 minutes. But it is going to be 10 minutes on a timer. So when it gets to the end, if you're mid-flow, we're going to cut you off because we've got to try and get as many people on as possible. And there'll be a bit doubling up as well. Yeah, we're going to look at basically how many people want to get involved and work out how we can get as many of them involved as possible. So quite simply, the way you get involved in that final show is to send us a DM on Twitter and let us know you want to be part of the last show. That's all you've got to do. And what we'll do is we'll take it from there. You you need to be available for about 10 minutes between half past seven and nine o'clock on Friday the 15th of July. Once we've got all of the requests in, we'll then start looking at who goes where and we'll let you know. And I think we probably need to say, we need to probably say the end of June to, to, to get requests in yeah, via, because, via DMs? Because depending on numbers, we need to work out if it's one person with us, two people with us, knowing how the slots will work. You know, we've got a few other bits to work around it as well with ourselves and stuff we want to do. So yeah, I would, I would say 30th, 30th of June, Friday 1st of July is probably pretty much the cutoff for it. And then we can sort of do what we love doing, a bit of planning. Bit of planning, and, and like I say, literally, a spreadsheet. Come on. There's going to be a spreadsheet. There's going to be a spreadsheet. spreadsheet. Yeah, yeah. I've already the, the spreadsheet's already there. Martin hasn't seen it. The spreadsheet's already there. I may not have seen it, but all, all of the, the the Zoom invites are already there. We just need to put names in boxes. That, yeah. That's all. So if you want to be one of those names, send us a DM and and let us know you want to be involved, and we'll see what we can do. One other way that you can get involved in celebrating what is essentially the end of an era is to buy the beer that we're here brewing today at Leon C. And I use brewing in the very loosest sense. Well, no, of, we, of we, the term. we've added stuff today. Okay, we, stuff. We, we added some grains. I say stuff. I was getting all technical there, wasn't I? There were some hops. Yeah. Uh, we I've, dug out on mash time. I've been up a couple of ladders. You have. We push buttons. Yes. We were so allowed to we, do that this time. We're essentially brewers. Yeah. Um, that beer will be available from when, Matt? Well, about, uh, probably about a month. We'll say a month from now. I can't think of the date off my head. It's roughly about that. Beginning of July-ish? Yeah. 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 We'll, 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 we'll let you know. Um, it's going to be an American Pale Ale. Shocked to no one. Which we are going to talk about shortly with Sam, the head brewer from Leon C, who's going to tell us all about it. Sam, tell us about the beer we're brewing today. So we talked about different styles that we wanted to do, and uh, we settled on Marathon Palau. Um, so we, uh, you sort of as an influence, we talked, mentioned uh, Sierra Nevada. No, no, I can't imagine me oh, steering. Can't imagine oh, no. us steering any conversation in that direction, <laughs> can you? So uh, I, I didn't directly research Sierra Nevada per se. Uh, it was more just a, from my uh, in my head what uh, I how I see the beer and see and know the beer, um, and built the recipe based on that. So it is obviously very Cascade influenced. Um, we're hopefully going to have a nice um, yellowy orange hue to to the beer, and. Uh, uh, again, dry hops with loads of cascade, and um, we're shooting for between five and five point five percent. That sounds in the right ballpark, doesn't it? It, it? it does, and and having kind of lived 
through the brewing a, a, a little bit today. I know one of the things that you said to us when we first got here was, are you happy with this colour or do you want to go a little bit darker, a little bit lighter? <laughs> and what did we go? Darker. Darker. Um, and so the ingredients were literally, we were able to change those right up until the last minute this morning, weren't we? Yeah, so I, I like when we've done other collabs um, before. Um, I don't think it should be a, this is what we're going to brew. You know, the idea is a collaboration. It should be um, people coming together and having their own ideas and opinions on what they want to make. Um, so, yeah, I wrote up the initial kind of like, this is ballpark what I think we should be doing. But then it's like, what do you guys want from the day? What do you want from the beer? Um, so, yeah, we increased the, the crystal. So we will get a little bit more of an orangey hue coming through. Um, uh, in the beer yeah I'm really looking forward to it and what format will we see our beer on uh, well it will definitely be in can for 40 mil um, Matt's working on uh, the artwork uh, as we speak uh, so that will definitely be happening um, it will definitely be in cask um, and we are hopefully touch wood going to be able to get it out in keg in one way or another there's a currently a national key keg shortage so uh, yeah, so it's going to be a little bit uh, touch and go on what kegs we were able to get hold of from what company and, and, and the timings of that. So, but uh, yeah, it's one of the many issues going on in the industry at the moment that we're dealing with. So, but de- definitely for our listeners' point of view, that there are going to be cans available and they should be available to purchase and get in time for that final show. There yeah. should be, if, if, if the sales and marketing manager told us earlier correctly, <laughs> around about the first week of July, so that still gives about 10 days. Yeah. Uh, Matt will personally deliver them if they're running a little bit late. Wherever you are <laughs> in the country, even up in Scotland, Matt will make it to you. Um, so yeah, you'll be able to get the 440 cans. I don't think we've actually mentioned the name yet, have we? We've gone for Undisputed Era, which I, I, I think... I don't, a lot of people might see that as us being a bit bolshy about things as in we've been unchallenged over the 10 years but it, it, it's not the view on on the name is is purely that actually we've been here for 10 years consistently and the two words work really well together and probably even more so and more because i wanted martin's reaction it's also wrestling themed as well so <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was Less enamoured about that bit. I was, I was more pleased to find out it also doesn't exist in Untapped. That was part of our process because we came up with a number of names, didn't we? And then we went through Untapped and we was like, look, if we're going to do something, let, let's try and find something that hasn't been done before and that's completely unique as well. And this was one of, I think, two or three that we came down to. Um, but I just think it works really well as, as, as a name as well. Yeah, and I think we have a little bit of an idea of what the artwork will look in our heads as well. So I reckon that will all play really nicely, especially yeah. in the 440 can. Yeah, I think there's, Matt said there's going to be about 2,000 cans available, so you're going to have to move quickly to get some before Martin and I buy them all. Yeah, well, you mean like we did with other beers before. Yeah. Red Dance and Eastern Edge. <laughs> I can't believe you're claiming Eastern Edge as one of ours. We were there when buttons were pressed. Okay, That's, that, right. that, that, was our, that was our sum total. Of the sum total was, yeah. you can't touch hops and you can't touch buttons. Yeah, yeah. Um, but before we talk a little bit about Sam's journey... Matt's turned up. Yeah, I'm just going to jump in when we're talking about the cans. Uh, we'll iron out the details closer to the time, but we will do some sort of promotion, probably with free delivery for listeners. So we'll come up with a discount code and we'll do like a mixed pack of six of those beers and maybe six of ours or something oh, along nice. those lines. So thank, we'll, thank you, Matt. We'll, we'll work something out a bit closer to time, so keep your eyes open on the uh, socials. 
Thank you very much. That's yeah. an, instruct, an interruption worth, worth listening Absolutely, to. Absolutely, yeah. So Sam, before we get to your journey and how you ended up at Leon C, why don't you say what we're drinking now while we're doing this little segment with you? Uh, yeah, so this is uh, Lemon Lemonhead, uh, which was the collaboration brew that we did on the small kit with uh, Elusive. The concept uh, actually came, came from Roof. Um, sort of me and Andy talked about like the, the, our large kit, you know, what we're going to produce 2,000 litres of, because um, of course, you know, that sort of start, you need to be able to sell 2,000 litres of it. Having the, the luxury of having our pilot kit that's only 150 litres means that we can do anything we want. You haven't got to hold back in any way, shape or form. And uh, Ruth was really keen to have a lemon meringue pie sour um, with all the oats was the, uh, was, the, was the message that I got sent through. Um, so yeah, we, we put it, pieced it together and that's what we've got here now uh, that we're drinking. So it's... Um, it's quite low as well, isn't it? Yes, yeah, we wanted to have a nice low ABV, nice and sessionable. Um, so that you don't want to be, it didn't want to have a really big high ABV sour. I wanted to make it more, more easy, easy going, easy drinking. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm sort of getting the lemon sherbet element yes. to it, especially when you first smell it. Mm -hmm. That lemon comes off straight away, and then there's like a really like sharp sherbetty. Okay, having saying, and then it for me it sort of levels off quite nicely as well. I I'm actually getting elements of the lemon meringue from from it, so I'm getting I'm, I'm getting a hint of the meringue getting the lemon curd that sits underneath that, but I'm also getting a little bit of the pastry as, as well that you get off the lemon meringue. It's, it's working really well for me, and it's not, it's not overly sour. It's more tart, and it, it probably drinks, if anything, for me, it probably drinks more like a cloudy lemonade than it does a sour beer, so it's quite refreshing. So it takes me to get to, to say I'm leaving the show to get us to have you having a New England IPA and a sour on the same show. And a mild <laughs> as well. You made me drink the mild. Don't, don't forget Sorry. that. Sorry, I wasn't going to mention it again. <laughs> so you always tell me to shut up about mild. Um, yeah, it is really nice. But while we're drinking this, Leon C, how have you ended up here, Sam? Uh, yeah, so I, I start, I've been brewing for eight years, so when I started when I was 21, commercially. Um, I, so most people, when they get into brewing, they've done something for a long period of time and they finally decide, I don't want to do this anymore, I want to become a brewery, a brewer, I'm going to open a brewery, something like that. It only took me till I was 21 before that kind of happened. Um, so uh, I, I quit the job that I was doing and uh, started contacting uh, commercial breweries and uh, I was lucky enough that at the time, George's Brewery out in Great Wakering um, had just, someone had moved on. Um, so there was a position there that I was able to come in. They, they said, uh, come in, it was a Friday, I remember this. Um, come in for a brew day, see how you get on. And uh, I did, did the brew day. They said, right, we'll come back on Monday uh, and we'll go from there. And I ended up being there for five years. Um, so that was, was one long weekend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just went on oh, and on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah, so started at the very bottom. Didn't I'd only done a little bit of homebrew, nothing major really, but I, enough that I knew I liked the process. I wasn't a homebrewer that had really kind of gone into the details like some of the homebrewers that uh, we have now are, that are doing like insanely oh, high level. Uh, we know, know a few of those, stuff. and they do really dig into yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. we're, we're talking full on to the all the science behind everything yeah isn't it? So that wasn't me when i first started uh but i i did enough that i knew i enjoyed the process and uh yeah so i started at the very bottom at george's um and by the time i left after five years um i was head brewer and had been for a couple of years 
Um, yeah, I moved to London for a bit. The company I moved to London for, uh, unfortunately, um, uh, went under um, due to other reasons. And uh, but then it was the just so end of 2019 uh, when I started having conversations with Leon C. They said that they knew that their brewer was going to be moving on. Uh, Mark was going to Scotland. Would I be interested in um, coming back to Essex and working for Leon C Brewery? Um, so we had those conversations. And was this before or after Metroid? This was uh, before, so this was end of 2019. Um, so basically, it was all we met actually at Beer X 2020, um, and basically the, the sorry, so that what the Seaver Beer X? Yes, Seaver Beer in Liverpool. Yes, so we we all went to Liverpool to have a meeting <laughs> about whether I wanted to come back to Essex from London. Um, I mean, that's the obvious venue to do it. Yes. Um, Four days before the world got locked down. Well, yeah, and that was the thing. So the the deal was sort of almost pretty much done um, and agreed. Yep, I was gonna you know take take on the role. I just had to iron out details, uh, and then of course the, the pandemic kicked off. Um, so not a lot happened between then and um, August 2020, which is actually when I started. Me and Rob, uh, and then Matt joined, I believe, about a month roughly later, September. Yeah, time. Matt and Rob know, knew each other from ELB as well. Yes, didn't they? they did. So yeah, yeah, bit of a connection there. Yes. So you've been here for two years. Uh, any of the beers, would you consider them? To, and I asked this question at Adams, so I'm going to ask it again. Is there any of the beers here you consider to be yours? But is your design recipe or what they hadn't done before? Uh, yes, yeah, so I, I suppose the two that I sort of take most pride in, I suppose, um, would be the introduction of Lovely Lager. Um, we, we already had Pier Train, which was the New Zealand Pilsner. Um, but when me and Matt sort of both coming into the company it was something we both wanted and that was to have a uh, more lager drinkers lager um, so we, we designed uh, designed the lovely lager which is based on a German Hellers uh, and we've uh, successfully brought that to the market now originally in cans because it was locked down um, so it was only in cans when it first came out and now we're actually at a point now where we've got permanent taps of lovely lager in keg and that's 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 great uh, as much of a headache as it is to keep up with production um, and then the other one would be would be beach up. Uh, again, it, it, there wasn't a hazy, pale New England style in the range, uh, and that was something that Ian really wanted to have added into the range. Um, and when we ended up doing, um, it was a collaboration actually with uh, Ruick Audio, make um, uh, like speakers um, and that. So we did a collaboration with them, they wanted a hazy pale, so it was a great opportunity to really just go for it uh, and create this beer, and luckily it was as successful as we wanted it to be, and it's now, uh, it's stuck around, and we've been, it's now a permanent rotation in the, you know, the core range. And we've seen the, the size of the operation today. You keep to bring all those beers in and keep them going, like I said, the lovely targets, there are their own challenges, aren't there? Yes, yeah, it's, uh, we've only got three fermenters, um, we're, we're producing quite a lot of beer, we're, every, every brew we're always aiming for uh, around 2,000 litres, um, and we've got quite a wi wide range, so yeah, the structure uh, or the schedule, uh, it, it can be quite difficult at times, uh, trying to keep everything in stock all the times, especially when the lager that, you know, two weeks in the fermenter, four weeks in the conditioning tank, um, yeah, it's uh, it's not it's not an e easy to, to, to keep on top of it as opposed you know in, when I think back to my sort of uh, my heritage as it were when I was just doing just cask beer um, mainly bitters pails and, uh, and golden ales uh, it's it's the 
the, what we do now is completely different to sort of where I came from. It's, there's much more, uh, like even the packaging forms, you know, back then all, everything was always casks. So it was just about making sure you've got enough casks clean to be able to package. Now there's a lot more variables with, uh, you know, canning, what, well, what's going to be canned, what's going to be bottled, what's going into cask, what's going into keg, what the splits are uh, based on what stock we need and have and what Matt wants from a sales point of view. I'm just grateful that you've been able to find space to fit this brewing that, yeah. that we've done with you and to, to have it in the FVs as well because obviously when, when we first came upon the idea of doing a beer to celebrate the 10th anniversary or to just celebrate the, 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 the show in its entirety, I think we very quickly settled on we wanted to do it with a local brewery and, and Leon C was the one that came to mind straight away. So we're really grateful that you were able to find the space for us but also come up with hopefully a recipe that not only will sell for you and, and maybe be something that your drinkers haven't seen before but that is very much also reflective of Martin and I in, yeah. in terms of this has got this has got us stamped all over it so to speak well it's nice the Essex it's bright and orange so there you go <laughs> <laughs> brilliant We've almost finished, well, I've almost finished my um, lemon head. You decided to have a pint of it I for some reason. Which, it's lovely. Yeah, you're, you're, you're nearly through with that. Um, Sam, thank you for joining us. Thank you for, as we say, developing the recipe and, and, and taking us through the brew day today. It's, it, it's been re- really eye-opening. And now, as they say, for something completely different. You're listening to the sweet sounds of the Beer O'Clock Show <laughs> as we come into the second half with your guest presenter, me, Matt Chinnery. I think when we, when we first uh, were talking about this beer, me and Steve was kind of like joking about the idea maybe of me uh, completely taking over and uh, probably ruining the whole show. It was only a joke though. Yeah, it was only a joke. It's actually um, happened. But we, we had a conversation, I had visions of just putting a... Huge hip hop spin on it, cutting out your music at the beginning, record stop, <laughs> and then me coming in, hold, dropping bombs. Hold on, we've already had wrestling mentioned in this show, and I now know. we're mentioning hip hop as well. <laughs> but uh, we figured that maybe, uh, especially yourself, Martin, as you're so professional, uh, wouldn't have been as keen with that idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, but then it, we're still talking about it, and we thought it'd be nice to do something a little bit different, uh, although it's not the last show. Um, obviously, the today's breaking news was quite a big one, so. We thought we maybe like I'll sort of talk to you guys, ask a couple of questions, um, just like have a discussion really about about the podcast and everything that's been going on. This, we touched on a few bits earlier, so I might have to skip through some of the questions. But um, I know there'll be a lot of this in the last episode as well. So, and you've obviously gone over it a few times before, but I think it's an easy place to start with like the favourite moments. But I actually would like Steve to talk about favourite moments before mine was on the show because obviously we're not just talking about the last six years with opinions with this now we've sort of talking the last 10 years oh that well that's a that's a, a good question that, that is a good question i think it's and it's probably quite an easy one to answer for me actually because the thing that comes to mind straight away is the run of live shows that we did at hot burns and black i think we did three shows down there and each one of them had a slightly different theme we had different guests different beers and and i think we had the uh the added bonus of uh, of glenn basically producing 
the, the sound on the podcast yeah. that made it sound absolutely beautiful as 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 well. Yeah, that's that's quite an easy one. Actually, actually is 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 the, the shows that we did at Hopswell's and Black. As a, as a listener, I would I would vouch for that, and having attended at least two of those as well. Was that not they, where you was announced as well as being the new presenter? Yeah, yeah, Mark wasn't cold. <laughs> <laughs> stylish Steve oh, stylish <laughs> so no, that, and then like your favourite parts I guess over the last six years I, I touched up on it with the you know yeah. saying about the people we've met friends I've made definitely the, the top top moments is, is that but if we're talking about like purely in the podcast terms then it's it's hard to beat two or three moments one of them is obviously chatting to Ken Grossman um, which I'm sure that for him He's talking about exactly the same thing when he's asked over his, you know, 60 years in, in business and 40 odd years in brewing. What's your top moment? Yeah, Stephen Martin at seven o'clock in the morning when I'm drinking <laughs> coffee and then necking my beers in front of me. Uh, that was a, an awesome, awesome moment. I mean, you know, going over to Guinness and seeing around the Open Gate Brewery, trip to, trip to uh, you know, Prague with Budvar, getting to sit in the cellars and drink the beer straight from the tank. Hard to beat that when you're talking to the master brewer, who's like 12th master brewer over 120 odd years. Those kind of moments definitely stick out. But sometimes it's just it's just going to the, the festivals, meeting people, doing this kind of thing, like the collaboration brew. Now that, that wouldn't happen before either. So all of those moments, it's actually really hard to pick them out. But people and time and place will always win out for me. Agreed. Um, not to say there's anything that you wish you hadn't, uh, you had done uh, badly or differently, but is it, if you could go back, like, was there things that you would maybe think, oh, I wish we did that differently? Or maybe even when you've got more experience now, you think, oh, actually, maybe we could have done that better um, towards the end of this 10 years instead of the start? I am going to riff a little bit on what Martin said there about the, the, the Ken Grossman interview. I wish we had pushed for longer with him. Because I, I think you and I had in our mind that he had only set aside a certain amount of time to be with us. Yep. And it was only recently from chatting to Steve that actually he had a lot more time available that morning and he would have quite happily carried on chatting to us. And find that out was actually... Oh, yeah. Because we, I mean, we, I mean, we were already in the 9% hazy by that point. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we could have gone on much much. <laughs> we longer. could have carried on listening. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, that would have been awesome because I think... And I think people have started to recognise it. He'd warmed up to us. Absolutely, yes. I, I would have, I would have loved to have carried that on, just, just, just for a little bit, because I, I think it was a maybe a missed opportunity there for us. True, but we did get to do it. Yeah. Is there any, is there anything pre? So again, going back to what Matt said, like ten years of doing it, ten years, six years of editing, ten years of being part of the show, being the show. Anything else you'd? Would you like to do the punk episode again? No. <laughs> no, I think having done it essentially twice because we, we revisited it. I, 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 think, I think maybe in the early days, uh, it's, it's a very simple one, maybe just a little bit more research in the early days as well. We went into those first few podcasts not really knowing about the beers, even, even though for the most part it was written there on the label and, and we hadn't even, even thought about that. I... I just doing that little bit more background research, a little bit more reading, a little bit more about the brewery, I think might have made us come across a little bit more intelligent, maybe. Uh, you say that, but uh, uh, 
without wanting to anticipate what anyone else might say, I think that people who started listening to you from day one, and I, I wasn't one of those, I found it a couple of years in, then that was probably the similar sort of pace of their journey as well. So you, you and Mark were able to carry people along from that, well, we've got two beers, we happen to be able to get them from the same supermarket, we don't know much about it, but we'll tell you what we think. Mm. And so I think people were on the similar, people were in the same pace. Well, what about like from, because uh, I know how much work you put in from an editing point of view and equipment oh, and thanks. stuff. Oh, thanks, thanks. <laughs> yeah, fine. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> uh, do you, like, you do record it differently now to, uh, compared to what you did at Beer Clock Show. One of the, uh, one of the things I, I think I noticed straight away, which I just loved, not that I didn't love the previous, but was when you and Martin was actually together recording, not, sounds a bit weird saying it now, because we've had so many Zoom calls and obviously you, you've had to do that yourself as well. But I think that first moment when you was recording together in the same room was quite noticeably different, and I think that was a really good twist. Would, uh, given a choice, would you do that maybe with Mark as well? I think if, if Mark and I had been able to do that, then, then yes. But I think the, the, the fact of the matter was that at the time I lived in Essex, Mark was in South London, it, it just wasn't possible to get together once a week when, when it, it started being weekly. I think when Martin came on board, it was one of the things we said when we were talking about the planning of it, that we need to do this together because we can do, do it together. Because yeah. obviously I appeared on the show once and we, that was via Skype. Mm-hmm. And while it was, it was good, it was definitely odd because I hadn't really done that many video calls at that point. Um, so yeah, I was quite keen for it to always be in person obviously last few years changed a large element of that as well not just the pandemic but where we live work all those kind of things changed as well but it was definitely a very good way of setting the scene wasn't it yeah yeah for sure because i I think it enabled those conversations where we literally just bounced off of one another and and obviously that continued for what that was the first four years almost of of, of the opinions podcast pretty much and it's only been the last couple of years that actually zoom became more of a convenience for for us and and we've said many many times that actually it made the world just much smaller for us as well mm. because it enabled us to do things like to talk to ken talk to jamil we did stuff with ian from fine owls you, you, you know yeah. we were able to do all of these things with with people up and down the country whereas before we would have previously tried to bring them to London to do it. Yeah. Is there any one or even a brewery uh, as such that you didn't, re- you didn't get to record with and actually think, oh, I'm really gutted that we didn't get to do something with them? Ooh. Don't know, we've done Sierra Nevada, Adams, been with you guys twice. Guinness, that was always a good one to do because I've always been a fan of Guinness. Don't know, actually. Do we have a few minutes to think about it? Yeah, I can what while you're thinking. Um, I was always gutted that Rich Burhouse from Magic Rock would never sit down and actually record a podcast with me. Back when they were had just started and they were very much... I was a massive fanboy of those. And I always wanted to just have a conversation with, with Rich about his ambitions and developing Cannonball and the tap room and all the rest of it and he just never wanted to do it because he just he just didn't like being behind a microphone I think I ended up st- talking to to Stu and maybe one of the other brewers there at the time but I would have I would have loved to have had a conversation with with Rich that he would have been comfortable putting on microphone I suppose then for me it would have been and again having heard heard him speak 
it's not something he necessarily loves doing. It would have been Evan from Colonel, mm. just because of the the love of the beers that I have, and also you know the high esteem he's held in and it, what he meant to the craft beer scene in London, especially. That would have been a good one to me. On a little bit less serious note, so we spoke about um, about favourite points. What is the funniest moments? Because there's one that springs to my mind that probably can't be mentioned while recording. <laughs> Where, <laughs> where we we were recording with Justin and the, the choice of words that he was using about barrel aging tickled oh, me and Steve. Let's just say is that. Is that when we were recording at Licorice? It was. And we should probably mention Licorice because we have recorded in each other's houses, but Licorice gave us a base for it's a true. while as well. It did, yeah. In it Sh- gave us some very echoey recordings, but it, it gave us a base. It gave us a base, which yeah. was convenient for us both to get to. So thanks again to, to Dan and Licorice. Um, well, Cannibal Run. <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, that was something else. <laughs> doing doing all those beers in in, in one evening, and I've probably got another one which is the same as that, which was the first time that that, that Mark and I did Unhuman Cannonball from the six sixty mil bomber. I think it was very very early on in the in, in in the recordings, and it just turned into a giggle fest half halfway through because we we just didn't have the words. I think I think Mark said he there, there was there was a point at which Mark said. I can't feel my fingers. <laughs> and, and, and from that point, we, we just lost it. I think the Guinness weekend's probably got to be up there as well, and it? That just felt like it was a weekend worth of laughing. It but was. Yeah. It was. For, for, you know, I mean, it was only the first one. The first time we went there, but we, we did any recording. The second one, we were lucky enough to be simply guests of yeah. what they wanted to do for International yeah. Stamp Weekend. Um, but yeah, there was definitely a lot of love and a lot of laughter that weekend with yourself, Mark Johnson, and everyone else who turned up as well. Yeah. I mean, we've we've had we've had lots of moments where we've ended up laughing uncontrollably. Most most of those probably in your kitchen where we've we've drunk, tried to drink far too many beers on the show. And can't imagine us doing that. No, no, but and and we've at some point we've just we've we've just lost it. But yeah, not they don't always make it to the final edits yeah. on those moments because they're just for us. Whereas really. the, can- the cannibal moments have made it. Yeah. I've always wanted to ask this question on any kind of podcast. Pick three people, fictional, past, present, to go down the public. I know you've done as an episode, but I wasn't sure maybe that sort of changed. But if it was both of you together, so I guess, well, go four, two each. Okay, two Speaking each. fictional as well. I can't remember if it was be fictional when you did it last time. Uh, I can't remember. I think they were real people, weren't they? Live or dead. I think so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd probably still have to scare Kenny Douglas. King Ken. That'd be one for me. And then the fictional, I'm going to go Tom Baker. What do you reckon you drink? Which, Kenny Dalglish? Both, yeah. Uh, I think Kenny Dalglish would be partial to a glass of wine or a, a whiskey. Probably got a chaser as well. Yeah, right? and Tom Baker, pretty much anything in his heyday. <laughs> oh, if you don't say one of them. Stone Cold Steve Austin? That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that would be the one that, that I would want, want, want to have a beer with. Absolutely. Oh, the second one's a bit more of a struggle. Uh, it's, well, actually, it's not because it's just come to mind. Dave Grohl. They they would be the the, the, the two that I'd love to, to sit and have a few pints with. That'd be quite a sesh, wouldn't it? I yeah, reckon. I reckon that would be a sesh. Um, if you could do a one-off special show, and you picked three different guests from the past but brought them together for like a mega show, who would you bring together? So they've got to have been guests over the last ten years. Then. Yeah. Okay. Well. Probably can agree on Ken. Yeah, uh, Andy Parker. Just just because he's been on shows 
when we started when he was when he was home brewer and we almost tracked his journey as a home brewer and he, he sort a, of said similar as yeah, well yeah so he would be for me he would be a no brainer okay so who's our third one we're talking about one podcast three guests mm. and us and like they're obviously chatting to each other as well Really, that's a really tough. One. I'd be tempted to have a Podry from Guinness because he's a good he's a good talker as well. I think I might quite like Father Eric from the the monastery. Who well, Tim Meadow? Yeah, who who appeared as a, a fleeting sort of bonus guest that that Danny interviewed. Doesn't mean it'll always come with birdsong in the background. No, no, but I just think he would bring an air of tranquility to, to, to proceedings okay so apparently we're having four people that's fine <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one's kind of similar but if you were to do a best of DVDs you don't need to talk about shows it's literally just boom 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 that one that one that one uh, five shows what's that DVD so it's obviously Ken we go about that one but yeah it's still Ken again <laughs> uh, and it's the cannibal run again <laughs> I think with the the love that it received somewhat unexpectedly the the, the recent Adnams yeah. Sierra Nevada yeah. show would be in there and dovetails quite nicely with the conversation with, with Ken as well yeah Czech Republic I would if, if the and sound was better yeah it's just because although it was such a delight to be sitting so close to those hundreds of tanks of Budvan having it fresh where we were sitting was just really noisy and not so much like out and out noise but it was just a noisy atmosphere mm. but also it was quite a, a tinny room wasn't it yeah I, and we only had the one single mic between like eight of us yeah this is this is such a difficult question because we're, we're literally coming up on 400 episodes over the 10 years and, and to ask us to choose five from, from well, 400 episodes. That's why, you know, Matt's turned up to ask the hard-hitting question to so Jeremy Paxman, a podcast interviewing. Yeah. yeah um, Shooting from the hip. Have, have you got any more? That... I'm trying to... There have been some really... Fine, oh, um, Julian Les from Neptune. Oh, yeah. Because the bit which wasn't on the podcast was like 10 minutes of everyone just laughing. That, no, that came back at the end. That oh, was yeah. like an after-credit sequence. So I would, I would, have, I would have them. Yeah. What was that for? Yeah. It's got to be one with me in it, surely. Want to save this episode? Yeah, but you and you've been on quite a lot as well. You can have your own DVD. Yeah, I can like, like the extras. Yeah. I'm. I was gonna say. Opinions 100 because I really enjoyed doing the, the the Fuller's lineup, but then thinking about that Fuller's lineup made me think of another show that I'd actually want to do instead of the Fuller's. The You're talking about uh, the doll. Yeah, the one with Jezza. the one with Jezza, where That's where cool. we did the still napped beers from six or seven years worth of vintages, and it wasn't it wasn't just the it wasn't just the drinking of the beers. It was it was listening to the way. Jezza talks about and the passion that he has and the knowledge that he has around that and also he's got a very soothing calming voice 
yes. as, as, as well. And that was a, that was a wonderful and he brought, evening. And brought his own glassware. Yeah, because the, the glasses we were going to provide just weren't right. <laughs> so we had to drink everything out of the right glasses as well, yeah. Yeah, I think we got there on the DVD and then yeah. a few extras. Eventually we got there, yeah. Matt, Matt you can be the Easter eggs. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just talk over the commentary. I'll just talk over the podcast, <laughs> the, added, the added bonus. Do you... It's not really a case of what's next because we kind of spoke about that a little bit. But I think maybe it's more of a personal question. Do you think that you'll go back to blogging a bit? I won't. No? No. That was an easy one. I, I was never a blogger. Yeah. And anyway, I, try, I tried to write a little bit when we first started doing the show. To, to supplement the, the, the podcast but it never really clicked for me so I won't to be honest I'm looking forward to being a punter again maybe a little more informed than I was previously but I'm just, I'm looking forward to being a punter I'm going to wrap it up with this one uh, if well not necessarily new but if there's a new and up and coming podcast or any of the other podcasts out there what would your best advice be to them it's funny we were having a conversation with someone about that today um if you're going to do it, commit. And that, that's one of the big things. So again, one of the first discussions Steve and I had was like, what day of the week can you do it? Okay, we can do Mondays. Mondays, because generally because you're not going out doing stuff on a Monday, it's a free night. If you're going to commit to it, commit to it properly. Don't get all excitable about it. Think you're going to do it a lot and then find out you can't. And that includes however many people are part of the podcast, whether that's one, two, three, four. You need to be prepared to commit and just, yeah, that's it. Commit. And be sure you want and have a bit of a plan about where you want to go with it, how long you're going to do it for, and know that there's mileage. So your initial idea might sound really excitable, really good, and then you might go, ah, oh, where do we go a bit now? That, that would be my, my main take from my time in it. There's a couple of things for me, uh, and, and the first one is on, on the back of your point there about, about commitment, and, and that's if, if, if you're going to do it, You've, you've got to commit to a release schedule as, as well because the thing that makes a podcast successful is when your listeners know when they're going to get content. So we have always been, we haven't always been, but certainly for the last good few years now, we've always been every, thir- every Thursday or every other Thursday, but we've always had a pattern. Prior to that, it was every Friday at 6pm because that was beer o'clock. Yeah. So our listeners have always known when there's a show coming. And if we're taking a break, we've told people there's a break and we'll be back in two or three weeks and that, that they know it's happening. So regularity is, is, is key to successful podcasting, in, in, in my mind. The, the second one is to allow time to produce your content as well, because it's not just about standing and recording and having a beer and having a laugh. Do your research and your preparation before it and make sure you allow time to edit and polish up the, 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 the final output. And, and then the third one is, is, is just really, just, just be genuine, be, be yourself. Don't try to be something that you're, you, you're not. And I think that's, we've always worn our hearts on our sleeves. Even go back to the days when I used to re- review beers with Mark, We've always been honest about every every beer mm-hmm. that, that's coming to it. Even earlier on in this show, you, you, you know, all joking aside, I didn't enjoy the mild because that's not for me. But I'm not just going to say it's, it's, it's good because Matt sat in the room. I didn't enjoy it. Others might. So you've, you've got to be genuine and, and you've got to be honest. And that's, that's the way you're going to get people to engage with what you're doing. And just to emphasise the point, I don't think you can overemphasise the amount of time you can spend editing. So I'm not saying about making it so polished it sounds perhaps scripted, 
but and pet hate if you say you're going to edit saying cow I never want to hear you say it yeah because cause you've said I'll edit that bit out but then you've left it in yeah it's, it's lazy once or twice maybe that's amusing because it was said as a bit of a funny sentence or a funny you know sort of paragraph for example but when it's a constant it, it can grate and also as a listener like, that's not what I want to hear either it's the same with other content I listen to so I think there's lots of things you can and also don't don't worry about who, who may or may not be listening who may or may not be following you need to enjoy it first if you enjoy it first, a bit like the Field of Dreams, build it and they will come. If you enjoy it, then other people will probably enjoy it as well. Just make sure you, they, they're getting quality. Because there's a lot of, there is a lot of podcasts out there. Mm. And you will have other subject matters that you like listening to. And you will find other thing, content. So, you know, there's plenty of scope out there for people to do stuff. For sure, just do it right. There, there is. And, and I think there's, a, there's an opportunity now because we are we are going to leave a bit of a gap and there are a lot of other beer podcasts out there and they're, they're, they're all very good and to, to be honest with you by us leaving a gap is the only way that Rhythm and Brews are ever going to beat us in the charts and because that was only Luke who apparently that was only that. Luke that said that but I've just got to make that point right now is that Luke's ambition of finishing above us in the charts this year mate this is the only way it's going to happen by us stopping podcasting so well done on, on, on finishing unless it's like um, unless it's on total listens in which case it could be like somebody breaks their leg playing football they still get the golden boot <laughs> so we can still end up top of the charts anyway we, 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 we probably could but all, all joking aside I mean we, we've been fortunate to meet a lot of other podcasts yes through, through, through our journey you and know. Luke <laughs> yeah <laughs> and we enjoy the vast amount of, of, of what they put out so by, by by all means you know there, there, there are podcasts out there for people to find and, and, and to listen to and as, as I said earlier you know ne- never say never I might I might not be done yet well I guess on that note uh, thanks for joining me for these hard-hitting questions <laughs> uh, you've been listening uh, to me Matt Chinnery on the beer o'clock show um, uh, I guess we should probably talk about the beer that uh, I gave you to enjoy drinking while those questions were fired at you. Probably not the uh, the smoothest and well, any, no, any more questions and who knows where we would have gone. Difficult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a very smooth eight and a half percent barley wine you gave us, Matt. Yes, is. Is, that, is it? Do you reckon that's what they do on news, Mike? Before politicians <laughs> turn up, so let's try and get an honest answer. They go right. Well, well let's, wine. let's just set the scene for the day as well. We're now coming on to half past three in, in in the afternoon. We've been at the brewery since half past eight. Our first beer was at half past ten. We've been doing some work brewing the beer, but we have also been drinking yes. uh, around that, and we're now enjoying this this, this barley wine, which, as you say, is very smooth. It's very easy to drink, and again, for people that are looking for the final one on their their, their bingo sheet, it doesn't taste the ABV. <laughs> it, it, it drinks it. It really yeah, doesn't. It comes in at eight and a half percent, doesn't it? Yeah. And um, yeah, we did it. We were lucky enough to speak to Sam about it actually, and um, he was trying to find a, a recipe for it. So I think he went. He was looking at going to back, back to Bass, wasn't he? But apparently, Bass weren't deliberately trying to make a barley wine. This was what was left after the, taking the first runnings off to make Bass. So this is recipe, a recipe designed for a leftover. That, that basically happened by mistake. Yes. That he's recreated. So would that, would that be classed as like the first barley wine? I mean, what a good mistake. A bit of serendipity there. Potentially, yeah. I mean, and I've had the, I was lucky enough to have this on cask. 
towards the end of last year, wasn't it, Matt? Yeah, he had it, he had it pretty fresh. It must yeah. have been like the first couple of weeks. Yeah. And I have to admit, and I think we've said it before, there are certain barley wines, especially some of those American-style ones. I think Burning Sky and Elusive Brew to name two this year, which when you have them fresh, fresh can actually just be really, really tasty because you get a lot more of those mm. fruity notes. We're having this now, what, six months on since I had that on cars, we're having it from the bottle um, in pint glasses, for goodness sake. No wonder we were answering those questions a little bit hit and miss. I think this has just retained a lot of that, those fruity notes and still tastes quite young, but fresh and young. What's Have you had it before, Steve? No, it's my first time. It's the the flavours are really deep for me. There's a lot going on. There's a lot. It's complex. Uh, it's very full-bodied, but it is really balanced on the finish. It's, it's got a really smooth finish to it. There's no burn or anything. So there's, no, there's no hot burn. There's no alcohol burn there. It's just straight up fruitcake notes which is, is what you're kind of looking for in a barley wine as far as I'm concerned couldn't disagree with that thank you Matt for sharing the beer and asking the hard hitting questions <laughs> yeah right. um, questions that it's, it's always difficult to just ask answer questions like that on the spot especially when you've got as I say you, you know we have got quite the back catalogue to, to, to go back through and to, to look at. And we've probably missed some highlights, but I'm sure over the last few shows, our listeners are going to be sharing some of their favourite highlights with us. And actually, I would encourage our listeners to do that. Let us, let us know what some of your favourite shows, some of your favourite moments have been. Or Use the hashtag opinions. Share them if they want to come on the show with us for the last recording. Oh, oh yeah. Hold, hold back. And if like we said earlier on, DM us. Let us know if you want to be on that show. And, and save your favourite moment and share it with us in person with, with a beer because that's, we want that final show to be a celebration. Yes. Uh, I, I think there may be a few tears along the way, possibly, but I think we're going to have a good time re- recording that. We're definitely a good time. Yeah. We've, we've got, got some big beers lined up. We've got some big well. beers lined up for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, can't wait for that. Yeah. But, Matt, I just want to thank you for kind of being our person to come to in terms of making today happen. Thanks for letting us come down to, to the brewery and be involved. Thanks to, to Sam for taking us through the brewery. Thanks to Ian for, again, making this happen for us. We have really enjoyed being here today, and I can't wait to taste our 10th anniversary beer when it's when it's released, which we will be drinking on that final show. Yeah, well. that's, the, yeah, that's, that's the been packed that. into the spreadsheet, hasn't At it, Steve? Yeah. What's coming up on the next show, Martin? So we'll be joined by uh, Russ Clark from Amity Brew Co. Uh, looking forward to that, seeing how Amity are doing from stuff I've seen recently. Looks like it's going really well. Um, so yeah, really looking forward to that. We're going to be trying having some beers from Amity, but also maybe a couple of US beers, given the recent trips Russ and myself had to different parts of the States. So there could be more wheels coming off. Possibly because I think Russ is also our last official guest, isn't he? Yes. Really, apart from all the listeners that were appear yeah. on the last show, like Russ. And Russ has been a long-term listener as, as well, so yeah. I'm sure he's going to have his own moment with us. Yeah, on, I'm on, sure on Sierra Nevada will get mentioned at least once between the three of us. Many times. <laughs> right, so get your bingo sheets ready for that night. Thanks to all of our listeners for joining us once again, and we'll look forward to sharing more opinions with you soon. Cheers. 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 Bye-bye. Bye-bye.